2: Hey, everybody, welcome to Que Golasso. We have Fabrizio Romano with the latest transfer news. Dominic Strabo of course, nearing an RB Leipzig move. Papu Gomez wants to leave Atalanta. Sinadine Sidan and Real Madrid and Sergio Ramos. Erlen Haaland is drawing interest, of course, and the latest on Paul Pogba and beyond. We also have Jimmy Conrad with Europa League draw conversation and looking ahead to a busy, busy busy time in the Premier League. Stay right here. Que Golaso begins right now. Welcome everybody to Que Golaso. another dose of the wonderful Fabrizio Romano with so many transfer news. Fabrizio, how are you, my friend?
3: So my friend, hello guys, everything okay? Happy to be with you on Que golazo and we have a lot of news for you, so get ready.
2: We have a lot of news, so let's get straight do it, Fab. Uh, let's begin in the Premier League. And Paul Pogba obviously recently released a statement uh, on social media about everything that's been going on and, you know, uh, not happy in Manchester United, but maybe he is, etc. What is the latest with Paul Pogba?
3: The latest, after the sentences of his agent Mino Raiola, obviously the situation is so complicated with Manchester United, but won't be so easy to leave Manchester United in January. So pay attention because it won't be so easy, as we said, with Paris Saint-Germain, because at the moment no one from Paris Saint-Germain has open talks with Mino Raiola to sign Paul Pogba. The same for Real Madrid. The dream of Paul Pogba is joining Real Madrid. But at the moment, from Real Madrid, not from Zidane and the same from Laurentino Perez, no one is moving to have him. So let's see on next weeks, but at the moment it's so quiet the situation with Paris Saint-Germain and for Real Madrid and pay attention to Juventus because we know that Juventus manager Andrea Pirlo has a special relationship with Pogba, he was playing with him at Juventus, now he's the manager, also the director of Juventus is the same, Fabio Palatici, who signed him as a free agent years ago, so it's a big opportunity to have Pogba back, and Paul Pogba would love to join again Juventus. At the moment, the complicated situation is about the economical part, obviously, because Manchester United always ask for 100 million euros, and Pogba asks for important contract for more than 15 million uh, euro per season as his wages, so it's so complicated to sign Pogba in this moment. Juventus were trying also on last April. They offered Miralem Pjanic and Douglas Costa to Manchester United, a swap deal to sign Paul Pogba. They said no, so also a swap deal would be complicated, but I'm sure that Juventus will try again for him. And always pay attention to Real Madrid and Paris Saint Germain because they are not moving right now. But when you have a player like Pogba on the transfer market, you can have a big, big opportunity. And we have time to have new updates about him.
2: So, no matter what, we see more than likely Pogba leaving in 2021 uh, with all those big teams uh, leaving. Let's stay in the Premier League, uh, Fabrizio Romano, because uh, even though he's hurt right now, Virgil van Dijk remains a very important piece for Liverpool. What's the latest on him?
3: Liverpool want in the new year uh, to open new talks with the agent of Richard Van Dyke to extend this contract. They are so happy with the player, and also Van Dijk is so happy with Liverpool. So immediately after his injury, they started to say to Van Dijk, "Okay, you are injured, obviously, but you are our leader. We want you with us also in the future." So at the moment, he has two more seasons as contract with Liverpool, but they are ready to extend for next five years. So old so, talks are going to uh, take place in the new year for sure. Liverpool will go with. Van Dijk in the future they don't want to sell him Jurgen Klopp is absolutely a big fan of Van Dijk and I would say obviously because we are talking about one of the best defenders in the world but for sure Liverpool will open talks to extend this contract we will see about the negotiations but for sure both parts are happy so I see a positive future for Van Dijk with Liverpool
2: Such good news. Uh, You get hurt. And the first thing that you hear is we still want you. We want a big contract with you. Always good to hear. And of course, not surprising, right? The leader of Liverpool. From England to Germany. Fabrizio, let's go to the Bundesliga. And, uh, you know, the conversation has been all about Dominic Schauslai from RB Salzburg, uh, you know, being interested by a few others. But RB Leipzig, seems to be the one leading the race what's the absolute latest because this one is coming very soon i hear
3: yes and i would say to our listeners get ready on cbs on kegolazo next days because i think that this week we will have new important updates about sobo's because also during the weekend uh, salzburg and leipzig and the agent of sobo's were working to complete the deal the agreement is really close. Leipzig are leading the race. Also yesterday, Soboslai was speaking and he said, I have to take some time to make my final decision. But what I'm told is that on next days, he will go to the side and the most likely destination is absolutely RB Leipzig. So get ready because the agreement is really close. For five years Soboslai wants to join Leipzig also because of Julian Nagasman. He's a big fan of Nagasman as manager. So Arsenal and Asimilar were trying to sign him. But at the moment Leipzig are really close to complete the deal. And I think on this week, we will have big updates for shows like big, big talent. really
2: Big talent from one big talent to another big talent. Uh, Erlen Haaland. Uh, what's the latest on him? There's obviously, you know, talk about other people may be interested as well represented by Mina Raiola. What's the latest on Erlen Haaland?
3: Yeah, just because the same interview of Mino you know, Rayola talking about Pogba, he was also speaking about Holland and he said, Okay, it's not new for me to have updates about Real Madrid interested in Holland. And it's true because obviously Real Madrid, has many other clubs, is interested in, in, in Holland, but at the moment there are no negotiations. So it's important to clarify to Real Madrid fans that interested doesn't mean that they are working to sign him. At the moment, they have not had any contact with Borussia Dortmund or with Rayola, they are just looking at the play as one of the best strikers in the world, young strikers in the world we have. He's 20 and he's still he's one of the best we have in, in, in Europe. But remember, his release clause 75 million euros will be valid in two years, so not on next summer but on the other one, so we need to wait to understand about the future of Holland. At the moment he's happy with Borussia Dortmund, he has not asked yet to leave the club, so I think it's also possible that he's going to stay. But when you have Mino Raiola and when you have such a good player, a good player like, like Holland, pay attention because also without release close, next summer, everything can happen.
2: Everything can happen. All right, let's uh, do the final whip around Europe. Uh, Zinedine Sedan finally got Real Madrid into the knockout stage, beat Atletico Madrid uh, in the derby. What's the latest on him and of course uh, his captain, Sergio Ramos?
3: What a week for Real Madrid my friend they've been amazing really this this week showing the history of Real Madrid in the difficult moment as you said they won in the Champions League and the same in La Liga derby with Atletico Madrid so now they are going to plan the future the next once with Zinedine Zidane. He was a serious risk just because with Real Madrid out from the Champions League he was going to be close to the sack so it was a difficult week for Zinedine Zidane but right now the situation is totally different. Uh, The club is happy with him so they can go also on negotiate with Sergio Ramos also Zidane himself wants to speak with Sergio Ramos to understand his decision for the future. What we know is that Ramos would love to stay to be the first one, to be the new captain in the new Bernabeu but they have to find an agreement on the contract. At the moment, they don't have this agreement. He wants two years of contract, so they have to negotiate between Real Madrid board and Sergio Ramos, but we'll see down on the bench, there are, in my opinion, more good news for Real Madrid fans because also him will be part of this negotiation with Ramos.
2: Yeah, things are a little calmer now uh, for Los Blancos. All right, let's end everything in Italy, uh, Fabrizio Romano. We have uh, Antonio Conte from one manager at Real Madrid who finally did some good things to Antonio Conte. Uh, you know, bowing out of the Champions League. What's the latest on him?
3: because immediately after the the Champions League terrible performance from Inter against Shakhtar they were needed to win to go to the knockout stages and they had a draw against Shakhtar so many people were thinking that Inter were ready to fire Antonio Conte also because they are not top of the table in Serie A so it's not an easy season for Inter this year but the club is absolutely convinced that they want to go on with Antonio Conte he will be at the center of the project of Inter also till the end of the season so they are not sacking Antonio Conte he's Gonna stay till the, as I said, the season. They are convinced they can win the Scudetto this season. They have to work on transfers on January. So pay attention. We will have updates on next weeks about Christian Eriksen. He's gonna leave the club. Matthias Vecino is gonna leave the club. Also, huge chances for Inter to try again for a new midfielder. They are in love with Rodrigo De Paul from Udinese. They will try for him. Really good player, also Argentinian national team, so pay attention to Inter because they will go on with Conte, but on transfer market next January, they will try for important players.
2: One club who is uh, most likely not going to continue with a key player is Atalanta and Papu Gomez, uh, as you bring the latest news on him on the Argentinian. What's the latest on Papu Gomez?
3: This is, um, was really a shocking news for Atalanta fans because we are talking about, imagine the most important player in the history of Atalanta. We are talking about. It was a small club here in Italy till the last years. Then Gasperini, the manager, arrived. Changed everything with Papu Gomez as captain. They are working so well they are in the Champions League they are going to play against Real Madrid so congrats to Atalanta for what they are doing but the situation with Papu Gomez is really really difficult as we said during the match in the Champions League against Mithiland they had a fight between Gasperini and Papu Gomez in the halftime in the dressing room it was a complicated situation just because of a tactical way Gasperini wanted Papu Gomez to play a bit different and he said no many times to his manager so they had a fight in the halftime then immediately after he stopped to play for Atlanta. he played against Ajax, but it was his last match as Atalanta captain and as Atalanta player because they are ready to sell him. They want to sell him on January and also Papu Gomez wants to leave. So pay attention because many clubs are interested here in Italy, but not just in Italy, also in MLS, also in Arabic football, we have some opportunities. So Papo Gomez now will take some time. We'll think with his family and we'll decide about his future. But it's possible that on January we will see Papu Gomez in another league and no more in Italy. For sure, he's going to leave Atalanta.
2: Wow. And U.S. audiences should pay attention because MLS teams are interested. Wouldn't that be something? Imagine Papo Gomez in MLS, perhaps Inter-Miami or Atlanta United, somebody like that. That would be very interesting. Fabrizio Romano, always good to have you, my friend. Everybody stay here because Jimmy Conrad will be back uh, with Europa and uh, Premier League action to look out. But Fabrizio, always, always a pleasure to have you. Thank you, my friend.
3: Thank you again and see you soon because we will have new updates. So here we go soon together.
2: Here we go. Always, always, always. Thank you, (laughs) Fabrizio. Grazie. Selling a little
1: or a lot.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to K Golasso. We just had Jimmy in our Champions League draw, and we welcome Jimmy and his tux. Look how handsome he looks, Jimmy. What's up, man?
4: Oh, I appreciate that. That was uh, killing me with kindness and and flattery is always the way to go. Appreciate it.
2: <laughs> Jimmy's a busy man today, as we all are, because so many pieces of news coming from everywhere including right now as we discuss a few things we beginning with uh jimmy the europa league draw the round of 32 matches Mm -hmm. everywhere obviously we're not going to talk about all of them but i want to like just touch base with you on some of the most exciting ones uh that you saw from the draw what do you see there What, what what sticks out to you
4: well, for me, the Real Sociedad facing Manchester United is one very similar to Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea. Just like, oh, man, we couldn't we couldn't draw anybody else like Molda's out there, you know, Red Star Belgrade. With all due respect to those teams, like there's some other team, young boys, you know, they, they maybe wouldn't cause us so much trouble. But Sociedad versus uh, Manchester United is a tasty matchup. That one is one. I don't know. It's a bit of a coin flip. Both teams, I think you can make a strong narrative for both uh, Manchester United are actually the second favorites on William Hill I don't think they're going to win this competition frankly they're just so up and down for me and who knows if Ole Gunnar is still going to be around by the time this kicks off uh Tottenham is taking a Wolfsburger from Austria not Wolfsburg from Germany I think Tottenham are the heavy favorites in this not heavy favorites but they're the favorites on William Hill at plus 450 to win it all plus 500 excuse me uh Benfica taking on Arsenal Arsenal Uh, They had the easiest group of all time. They won every single one of their games, and now they get Benfica as a reward for that. That feels a bit harsh. Who knows who they're going to be. Mikel Arteta will even be in charge. You know, there's that one I'm looking at. Uh, Milan plays. AC Milan plays. Red Star Belgrade. Uh, Rangers got Royal Antwerp. That's not going to be too easy, but Rangers have been pretty good under Stevie Gerrard. Leicester, a little unlucky. Slavia Prague was pretty good in the group stages. RB Salzburg, Jesse Marsh takes on Villarreal. He's got to be bummed about that. Roma takes on Braga. Braga's not uh, a slouch. Bayer Leverkusen, one of my favorites to win this take on Young Boys. Napoli, who got past a very tough Real Sociedad in the group, now face Granada, who are also tough from La Liga. Uh, I like Lille taking on Ajax. That's a very good one. And Olympiacos taking on PSV Eindhoven. Those are the ones that stand out for me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, As you were talking right there, I was thinking, uh, because Leicester City were actually my favorite to go all the way to the final, but this is going to be a tough one. So if they do it, they're going to do it the hard way. Um, Lille Ajax, super intriguing uh, just because of two very uh contrasting philosophies going up against each other it's it's always interesting to me jimmy like because the draw happens right after obviously we find out those teams from the champions league that drop so really the narrative of the entire tournament essentially changes um because you know we're all talking about you know psv and uh real sociedad but you know rb salzburg's in this now (laughs) and it's like oh man i mean maybe dominic schoverschlein probably won't be part of this who knows but doesn't matter. This is a really strong collective unity of a team under Jesse Marsh. So interesting to see. So when you're looking at all of these, who would you say is now your favorite to win it all?
4: I'm going to stick with Tottenham, I feel like I've been pretty strong with them to do the business. Jose Mourinho obviously has history of winning these types of competitions. He's very good at it. They're obviously trying to balance what's going on in the league. They're a Premier League team, which we discussed in the Champions League uh, knockout rounds that it's going to be hard. It's a battle of attrition for them over these next few months leading up to this, whereas all a lot, a lot of the other leagues take breaks in January for weather purposes or whatever it may be and that it's going to allow them to rest. I don't know. Maybe Tottenham, you can make an argument that they're going to be sharper, but they got Wolfsberger, who they should be Beat, I think pretty e- I' don't say easily, but they should get by it without too much trouble. Uh, and so because of their depth, because they've added Carlos Vinicius, the number nine that can fill in capably for, for Harry Kane, because Gareth Bale uh, hopefully will continue to round into form at this point in two months' time. Lucas Moore has been very good in this competition. They've got such good balance and good depth now. I really feel like they can compete in both competitions and, and do well. So, Tottenham's my favorite. I had Napoli before. Uh, when I look at the, the odds for them, they are now like the eighth favorite, but plus 1400. I just thought this is my narrative behind it. this is my context. Uh, with with um, Gattuso in charge last year, they won the Copa Italia. So, I'm like, all right, cool. And what off competitions? It seems like Napoli can do it. You know, and they've got the talent, there's no question. In this, though, uh, it's going to be tough. I think they'll get past Granada, but when maybe they face a tougher club, a little bit of a bigger club, it could be a bit of an issue. I do like Bayer Leverkusen a lot.
2: That's what I was going to say.
4: Yeah, they're plus... they're plus fourteen hundred as well as Napoli. They're the seventh favorite to win it. They've been so good in this competition. They have yet to lose in the Bundesliga. This is because this is after they lost Kai Havertz, which is even more impressive. I don't think any of their players are going to get bought in the January transfer window, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of them did because they've been so good this season. However, there is a joke in Germany that they're called neverkusen because they they never they get close, but they never end up doing it. So that makes me. Was that a popular joke? Do you think probably, but it gave me, give me pause that, that maybe this team can't do it, but under Marco Rose, I mean, I, Rose, I think they, or no, that's Bruce. Um, yeah, I got all my German teams mixed up, but, but they've got something special right now with this group of players. They got a lot of belief, which, which goes a long way. And, uh, you know, I I think over two legs are going to be hard to beat in a one-off. I could see them losing, but over two legs, I just think that their talent will shine through. Yeah. Yeah. uh Peter Bosch is the man you Peter were. Bosch, at, yes, Leverkusen. You.
2: Um, what about AC Milan, Jimmy? Because uh, obviously, you know, they're, they're doing uh, well in Serie A, but just dropped a few points against Parma. Uh I think that, you know, it's a boring narrative, but it's always, but it's because it's the right one. I think that the longer the season goes on, the tougher it gets for teams just because of achieving consistency and making sure that players and to their perspective, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic stays uh, healthy. How do you see AC Milan in the tournament?
4: Well, I got news today that Zlatan should be back very soon. He was uh, back in first team training today. So that's great news for AC Milan. I actually have been very impressed in particular with how they weathered that storm. I mean, we always, anytime Zlatan plays for a club and they do well, we always feel like when Zlatan goes out, uh, that team's got no chance. There's no way they can win without him. But they've, they've gotten the results. Maybe it hasn't been as, as aesthetically pleasing or in a way, but, but they're grinding it out. And I think that's a, that's a hallmark of a good team. And now when he comes back, they're only going to be better. They got to get uh, Rafael Leal back on the team and, and getting some more minutes. He's very dangerous out wide. And once they get that, I think uh, Haga's been very good for them. You know, so they've, despite these injuries, there's been some silver lining, some other players stepping up and, and getting the job done. That's only going to help them. I, I like them. Let's see. They are the third favorite overall, plus 900 to win. I don't know if they're going to win the Europa League. I don't know if they're even going to win the Scudetto and Serie A, but they're going to be close. And so, I don't know. Latan, he's not getting any younger, but somehow he defies, you know, the age and logic in, in a lot of different ways. He, he is a winner in a lot of different ways. I, I don't know. That's, I, I'm, I'm trying to build a narrative. I think that the season will end up catching up to them a bit. I think their lack of experience maybe in some ways will cost them but but I wouldn't put it past them either to do something I don't know if they're going to win both competitions but they're going to be close in both
2: yeah absolutely um you know I've been with Leicester City for so long but I think I, I'm leaning towards Tottenham yeah. as well I just think they're is yeah. so deep and all it takes is just a few good weeks of Gareth Bell playing well and then you never know what could happen right? so
4: I got a question for you Manchester United do you feel like they can they can do something in this one
2: yeah, they can. I think that it's funny with Manchester United because you know what's been the story with them. We just don't know what we're going to get with them. Uh, so it's all about what are the priorities for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? What what is it that you want? Top 4 Champions League or Europa League? I, I don't I don't know. And also here's the thing, like are they going to do any business in January? Um uh, who knows, right? Uh, I think. Listen, a healthy Manchester United squad, Edison Cavani, etc. Then, yeah, you you would like them to do something. But Real Sociedad is not topping the group, the table in La Liga, or sorry, at least competing for it uh, in mid-December for no reason. This is a good team, and I don't I don't know if they're. I, This is what I see. But then again, this is what we thought when they played Leipzig, that Nagelsmann were going to like outmaneuver United and Socia. I was thinking the same thing with Real Sociedad, but Manchester United could maybe find a way. I I don't know. They're not going to win it. I don't think they're winning this tournament at all. Uh, No,
4: I don't think so either. It's just one of those things where every time we get down on Ole Gunnar, he he pulls some crazy result out of his butt, to be honest with you. This is the
2: problem, Jimmy. This is the problem whenever we talk about Manchester United on this pod. Every single time, we like, it feels like we, we just don't have a concrete answer ever. And it's because of what they've given us. I just don't know who you are, Manchester United, once again. So you could do well, you could not. So there you go. There's my analysis.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag analysis. It's interesting. It's, I want to see how they do in their next two games. They got Sheffield United yeah. away from home. They have to win that game. And they've been, they've been good away from home. And then they got Leeds at Old Trafford uh, three days after that. Then they face Everton at Goodison Park uh, in the Cup. And then they take on uh, Leicester in the league uh, three days after that. And then after they got Wolves three days after. I mean, it's crazy. The schedule is crazy. But Well, that's uh, a great it,
2: it, segue, Jimmy. That's okay, a good. great let's segue. Talk, let's talk about it. Let's because about it. after the break, after the break, we will be talking about the craziness that is the Premier League that's about to embark on us. Stay right here.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
2: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, wrapping up here with Jimmy Conrad. Uh, Jimmy was talking about Manchester United and just everything that they have to do uh, in this period. And so that is a perfect segue to the Premier League, because beginning Tuesday, um, matches come thick and fast. Friday is the only day where nobody plays everything else. It's just going and going and going. Then you have a tiny break. uh, in the lead up to uh, Christmas, but then again, they come back, Boxing Day, you know, regardless if they're not playing, they're training. It's just, it's just, it's a tremendous uh, schedule right now, Jimmy. And let's, first of all, get your thoughts on that. Just the craziness that is the Premier League run up in December.
4: It doesn't seem fair. Usually, it doesn't seem fair right now. Absolutely. Just because of how they're condensing everything. I mean, the Champions League schedule in particular for the Premier League clubs that are in it, Europa League clubs that are in it or Premier League clubs in the Europa. I mean, it's just so many games, three weeks of really intense stuff. And then you have a one week off and then you do your next three games in the group stages. And then now you have this pile on at the end of the year and then into the beginning of January. It doesn't seem fair. I thought the five sub rule would have made more sense throughout this season. And then after the season, you kind of reevaluate whether you thought it worked or not. Uh, it's unfortunate and some teams are suffering because of it. We'll see if they can. They can they can survive if all the Premier League teams get knocked out in the first round of the knockout rounds of the Europa League and Champions League. And some a lot of people are hurt. I think they're going to have to address that moving forward. But we'll see. We'll see what, what the new normal is moving forward.
2: Yeah, I think uh, they should have done a rule where like just meet people for halfway. Right. Uh, n- maybe no five sub rule, but yes, in December. Four for subs. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Four subs. Exactly.
4: Four subs, the compromise. <laughs> four subs. <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, Everybody, we're definitely going to be talking about because Wednesday has a lot of matches, not just in the Premier League, uh, La Liga as well, Bundesliga, et cetera. But we'll just focus right now on Tuesday. Wolves against Chelsea, Man City against West Brom. Wolves just losing that game against Villa, West Brom losing against Newcastle. Um, Two teams going for not just a top four finish, but maybe even the title. How do you see uh, both games?
4: I'll start with the Chelsea game. I was pretty surprised that they dropped points, all 3 points to Everton at Goodison Park this past weekend. I mean, fair play, I thought Everton did well. And they they did what they had to do to get their 1-0 result off the the penalty from Sigurdsson. I just was a little bit disappointed in, in Chelsea's I mean, they had 72% possession, so I don't know how disappointed I could be with their attack, but the fact that they couldn't find that that finishing touch in the attacking third. So, this is a great opportunity for them to kind of right the ship in a lot of different ways and to figure out exactly how they respond to, to some adversity. Uh, they, they had a chance to go top of the table and, and they, they dropped that opportunity. And so I'm kind of curious, I have their lineup right now. I mean, Wolves are tough, even without Raul Jimenez, they're very tough to break down, especially at home. I like Cody and Boley, the two center backs for, for Wolves. And, and I guess it depends on what, which, which version of the front five or six that, that Frank Lampard wants to go with. I, I suspect that Drew will start. You got Timo Werner and Kai Havertz on either side of them, which is obviously very tantalizing. You got Mason Mount probably uh, off the shoulder of N'Golo Conte, And then is it Kovacic? Is it, is it Jorginho? You know, who is it there? But I suspect that they're going to have a, a, a nice rebound game here. Chelsea, I think that they realize that they dropped points. That is their first loss in, I don't know, a couple months. So we'll see if that, like, slap to the face in some ways, metaphorically, kind of wakes them up against a, a Wolves team that they that 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 aren't easy to break down, and they have to figure out a way to do it.
2: Yeah, uh, they'll be Wolves will be without Jarrett Martino. He got a red card uh, against Villa. Um, no role. Jimenez, of course, as you mentioned, Pedro Neto is somebody that really people should be watching it. Like mm-hmm. he's so dangerous, such a left foot on him. And then the young striker up front, Fabio Silva, like 18 years old, he looked pretty good and he he hit the post against Villa. Like he's a pretty good player. So they'll offer problems, uh, man city, West Brom. I mean, you only see one way, I think in this one, right?
4: Yeah. West Brom, they're losing to my Newcastle. Listen, with all due respect to Newcastle, we are, we're never getting past 12th place. You know, I mean, their aspirations are right where they should be, but yeah, it's, it's man City's you know, world. We're just living in it, especially with the lineup that they could probably put out as guys start to round into form and get back to being healthy. I want to see Aguero starting again. I think Gabriel Jesus might get the nod, but you know, getting kind of, what team are they going to start to roll out for the champions league is something they need to consider too. Like what is their best 11? I think because of injuries, uh, because of certain things that have been going on, I don't think they've really found their first 11 yet. So this is a good opportunity to do it against an opponent that they should be even with their second stringers.
2: Yeah. If Chelsea win, by the way, with a good uh, goal differential, they'll go top of the table, at least for that day. Man City, by the way, are still ninth. So they really want these points uh, coming up. Uh, and that's it from myself and Jimmy. Jimmy, before we leave, anything else? Because uh, so much action coming up is like a little Christmas gift every single day, a little Hanukkah gift, a Kwanzaa gift every single day.
4: <laughs> well, what I'll say is, You know, it's great for us as fans to watch all these games. I guess I was speaking about all this congested schedule for, for the players and and the coaches and everybody else on the, you know, that have to live it. But for us, they get to watch. This is amazing. It's like the best time of year. So I'm going to sit back in my tucks and in my sweats uh, and, and just, chill out on the couch and watch other people sweat and get after it.
2: (laughs) I love it. I'm going to do exactly the same. Jimmy will be (laughs) back uh, the next day as we preview a heavy dose of Wednesday action with our editor, by the way, Mike Goodwin. It's going to be, it's his debut in the podcast. We'll, We'll be easy on him, Jimmy. We'll be easy on him. Jimmy, thank you so much, brother.
4: All right. Thanks, Luis.
2: I want to thank Fabrizio Romano and Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Follow us on Keigo Lasso Pod on Twitter. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and review. Those reviews really, really help us. So please leave a rating and listen to us as well on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your pods. We will be back very soon. Have a great, great week.
4: but enjoy free shipping on any US orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viori.com/sports and discover the versatility of Viori clothing.